0: Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. I
1: want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 through 13. Then we'll shoot over to 2 Samuel 2, 1 through 4, and 2 Samuel 5, 1 through 5. So let's read the word of the Lord together. 1 Samuel 16, starting at verse 10. <clears throat> Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So we asked Jesse, are, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep, Samuel said, send for him. He will, we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power, and Samuel went to Ramah. Now shoot on over to verse to chapter 2 of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 2, if you would. And we want to read that together as well. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up with his two wives. Uh, Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and they anointed King David over the house of Judah. Now turn with me to 2 Samuel 5. We'll start to read at verse 1. All of the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David of Hebron, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel." David was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned 40 years in Hebron. He reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for what you're about to do right now in this house. People, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Spirit of the living God, come in power, come in might. We're not here to just get information. We're here to hear a word from you that will touch our world. And so I pray, O oh God, you would intervene even now and cause your will and purpose to be accomplished. I'm thanking you for the anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that's coming on this congregation, and the anointing that's coming on me to give me great freedom to, pray, to speak forth that which you have given me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I have the wonderful privilege today of ministering to the entire congregations of KC. I'm thankful for this opportunity. I would call you all out by place and where you are, but we'd be here for the rest of the hour doing it. But every year I ask God for a word to our church worldwide, which becomes a theme for the entire year. I also ask for a text text that reaffirms what I sense the Lord is saying and then I ask for clear confirmation I don't listen to any of the television broadcasts of what prophets are saying although I appreciate prophets I do not listen to anything else for the first few weeks of the year all I do is take time to hear God's voice The text that God gave me is this text, Now I want us to look at it real closely. You'll notice in 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 13, that King Saul has disobeyed the Lord's commands twice, and the second time he disobeys, Samuel said to King Saul, you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. So God tells Samuel to go to Jesse of Bethlehem's house for, and I quote, for God has chosen one of his sons to be king. Well, in the text you'll see that God chooses David, a shepherd boy, and what's so interesting about it, he was not even invited to the banquet that Samuel was putting on, the sacrifice, the festival that he was having. And it's interesting because I've heard a lot of messages. I've spoken some of them myself. Some said, well, it's probably because he was illegitimate. And that could have been. But I think really what it is is what a person by the name of Josephus said. Josephus, if you don't know who he is, was a Jewish historian that was writing at the latter part of the first century. And what he said was very interesting. He said that David was 10 years old. Well, if David was 10 years old, it explains why he wasn't invited. He wasn't a man. He wasn't, you know, he hadn't been bar bar mitzvahed at 13. He would have been a shepherd boy out in the fields. Don't bother him. He's not somebody Samuel's even concerned about. He's a boy. What you'll notice, interestingly enough, is that when he arrives... Samuel anoints him, and what is so fascinating about it is that he anoints him amongst his brethren. Now, we don't know what all that meant, but I tend to think what it meant was he'd gathered the town of Bethlehem together. They were gonna have this uh, sacrifice unto the Lord because this was being done undercover because he didn't want King Saul to come and kill the whole town, and so he probably went into a house where he was sitting and had the brothers pass before them. I don't think they actually understood all that was happening. And finally, he said, we're not going to have this celebration until you bring your final son before me. Seven had already paraded before him. And when David comes and he anoints David as a boy, you begin to think probably his brothers didn't fully understand the ramifications of that. Because when David went to kill Goliath, his oldest brothers thought he was arrogant and proud. They did not understand what had happened in that room. But we notice then, if David was anointed at 10, it was 20 years later. Everybody say 20 20 years. When what happened to him at 10 was fulfilled. And it was only partially fulfilled. At age 30, you'll notice from the text that we read in 2 Samuel 2, um, King Saul is now dead. And David seeks direction from the Lord, and God directs him to go to his tribe of Judah, and specifically to settle in the city of Hebron. And the result of David's praying and obeying is that he's in the right place at the right time to be crowned king over his own tribe, Judah. Now keep in mind, this is the second anointing. There were three anointings in David's life. This is the second one. Well, when you get to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, you'll notice that approximately seven years now, David has been king of Judah And all of the Israelites, all of the leaders of Israel come to Hebron. And they anoint David now the third time and proclaim him king of Israel. So think about it for a moment. At 10 years old, he's anointed king. It takes 27 years before there's a fulfillment fully of the anointing that happened 27 years before. I want you to let that settle in your mind for a moment. Some people say, "Ah, Pastor, I got a prophecy from the Lord and it didn't be fulfilled. I want you to think about what that's about because you need to understand something about how this all works. You need to understand what God does David first fit the criteria of what God had set up to be king, and they recognized it. That's the leaders of Israel. He was an Israelite. He was, he, he was an experienced military leader with much success. And uh, most of all, he was anointed by Samuel. And they'd all known that. And he was to be the shepherd of his people. You may not realize it, but there in 2 Samuel 5, it's the first time in the Bible that a king of Israel is called a shepherd. And from that point on, they would be called shepherds. God himself saw himself as a shepherd of of Israel. And of course, he would be proclaiming in that moment the fact that the good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, would come and be the shepherd of all of us, his sheep. Now what you notice here is that You see that there was a period of time between the time that David was anointed and the time that the fulfillment came. Now, I want you to grab a hold of this. I've asked you to think about this for a moment. Why? Why that period of time? Well, you say, well, David was only 10 when he was anointed. Well, why didn't God wait? Why didn't God wait and anoint him and then get him to be king? Why this? I think what we're dealing with here is that something had to happen to David to prepare him to carry the weight of what God was about to do for him. Now everybody listen to me. What happened when he got anointed? Anybody know? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Everybody listen to me. i got people that don't think straight. Makes me mad. Oh, I got this
0: promise it didn't happen.
1: Ask yourself this question. Are you ready for the fulfillment? Do you know that people that win the sweepstakes and gets $10 million, they're not ready for that $10 million, and within a year it's all gone? We think so dumb at times. We think God's a Santa Claus that's happening to give us a little present. He's not interested in that. He's interested in fulfilling his purposes through your life in order for that to happen the Spirit of the Lord must come upon you. If it doesn't come upon you, there will not be the shaping that needs to happen for you to carry the fulfillment of what God wants to do in your life. It shaped his life. Think about what happened after, at 10 years old. He began to sing songs while he watched the sheep. He began to become an expert in the use of an instrument, whether it was a harp or whatever it was, but that, or a lyre is what they call it. Whatever it was, he became an expert, so much so that that King Saul, when he would come under these, these oppressions by demonic power, he wanted somebody to play music, and David's reputation as an instrumentalist was, became known, which was the stepping stone for him to get into the court of King Saul and get prepared for what court life would be. He was also known to be a good fighter. And, and Saul, think about this, Saul makes David his armor-bearer. Now, we don't know when this happened. He was probably only a, a, a teenager by that time, maybe 15. Who knows? But you'll record that in 1 Samuel 16, 22. And this brought him close to the king. Not only was he now an instrumentalist, he was actually with the king when the king is fighting. He would go back to his father at times, be a shepherd again, but that anointing that was on him was, began, to be, began to be released in tremendous power. With his bare hands, he kills the bear and he kills the lion. Now, somebody ought to say, wow, on that one. You say, well, why would God have David do that? Because he was preparing him for a giant he was going to kill. Everything in God prepares you for what God wants you to do. So understand this and understand it now. This is not the time to quibble about, wow, well, did they just get fulfilled? Did Oh, what's going on? I don't understand. Something God is trying to do. Think about yourself as a receptacle that God's, wants to pour into, to hold the weight of what he wants to do through you. All this time was, God was building David and his faith. So when God got ready to elevate him, He could. And the moment of elevation came when David stood before a giant named Goliath. And through David, God killed Goliath. He was quickly thrust into a world of becoming a military leader. And even when Saul wanted to kill him, Keep in mind something about David, and this is something all of us must grab. Our attitude must continue to stay right or we will miss the purpose for why God anointed us. The problem with Saul was not that he wasn't anointed, but something got in his attitude that robbed him of his kingship. And hear me, why did Saul try to kill David? Well, you say, well, Saul was jealous of David. David had every right to kill Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. But did David do that? No, on two occasions, he could have killed Saul. He chose not to because he had a high understanding of the anointing. He knew what the anointing had done in his life And he said, I cannot kill God's anointed. There are people who have no clue of the anointing. They say things about fellow pastors, fellow ministers. They do stupid stuff. And they wonder why God can't use them. It's because you don't honor the anointing. David honored that anointing. And the power of what God did when he anointed him was able to become fulfilled in his life. And then God did something that was amazing. God gave him a group of loyal men that not only protected him, but it became the basis of an army that would allow him to sustain his kinship. The fulfilling of many of the promises or desires God may give you is not totally just dependent on you. It's totally dependent, too, upon people that they come alongside of you. First Samuel 22, 1 through 2 says, you know, these guys weren't very great people at the time they came with David he said when his brothers and his father's household heard of it they went down to to him there and all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader about 400 men sounds like a lot of churches in America sounded like this church when I became its pastors it still is this church you say what do you mean Well, we got a lot of broken people that come to church. That's why we're here. We're here to shape them into an army that will advance the kingdom of God. So don't get upset when you're sitting next to a weird person. Don't turn and look at them right now. But please, that's the basis of what God's going to do. But one of the most important things during this season, between the time that he was anointed and the time he became king is that he learned to be dependent on God. Everybody say that with me. He what? Well, I believe God's speaking to us today. Last year, the word for our church was empowered to serve. And God, in spite of COVID, increased the number of people serving in every ministry and throughout KC. How many have found that to be true? Yes, it's been amazing. And in spite of, in spite of COVID, we grew in the number of congregations at the end of this month. And I was sat down with Pastor Janelle and I tried to get all the numbers from from my site pastors. We're roughly at around 340 congregations. I thought we were a little bit more but that's where we are but you think about it for a moment. We have about 110 congregations in the United States and about 230 or so, 226 to 230 by the end of this month. And Pastor Janelle shared with me that many of the nations are completely closed down. You can't come in. You can't go out. You can't even get out of your house without a permit to go buy groceries at the store. And yet in spite of it, somebody say in spite of it, God is increasing us. And he's allowing more and more people to be empowered to serve. He's fulfilling what he gave us last year. You say, Pastor, is it even possible that we could reach 500 by May of 2021? No, it's impossible. I've told you that all along. It's impossible. But God likes to do the impossible. So how's it going to happen? I don't know. But I'm going to declare what I believe and we'll all stand in awe when it's all said and done. But that brings us to the word for this year. It's the word fulfilled. Everybody say fulfilled. And there are times which are marked by moments of fulfillment. Heaven is one of those moments of fulfillment. Somebody say hallelujah. In life there are moments of fulfillment like graduations and promotions and getting Married, the birth of a child, and the buying of that new house or car, and we could make a list that's infinitum. But there are moments when God's promises are fulfilled. When you read Gospels over and over again, there's a little phrase that says, to fulfill what was spoken or said through. And it tells the prophet and what he spoke about the Messiah and how it was fulfilled in Jesus. That's the whole Gospel. All the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ. But there are specific promises God has given you in his word. Let me describe what I'm talking about. First, I'm talking about the scriptures themselves. Where God will, will, while you're reading, there'll be like a scripture that comes out. It's like a neon light that all of a sudden shines and you go, this is for me. And you circle it. The reason I know about this is because my mama had a lot of those experiences, and when I read her Bibles, she invariably on a given day would mark a promise that God gave her. And there would be moments where she'd go back into that Bible and she'd show, she would see all the promises that he gave him, he gave her, and the dates she wrote it down, and the way it was fulfilled. God sometimes will give you a prophetic word. A prophetic word from a prophet of God. That's why we give you the tapes or whatever you call them. The What do you call them? You put it in your computer now. Thumb drive or whatever it is. I know what this thumb is. I don't know a lot about that other one. But, but anyways... And you listen to that. And why do you listen to it? You should listen to it. You should have pulled them out and listened to them because it may be God's already fulfilled what he said. I, I get angry once in a while with my son. I don't do it often, but I do. I got angry on one occasion a while back because in 2000 and. In, the, uh, in 2014, a prophet, Prophet Jim Lafoon, prophesied as Pastor Shannon and Pastor Josh walked up the stairs there at the church in New Valley. The first stair was, and every stair they walked was two years. The first stair they walked on, he says, which would have been 2016, he says, the burden financially is going to be lifted off your shoulders. This thing will be, this, this, this shopping center will no longer be a burden. And then he walks on up the stairs and there were other prophecies every two years. P- profound. Well, Josh never told me he had got that. He never told me that in 216 that it would be all paid off, everything would be great. He never told me, and I suffered. <laughs> I suffered with this financial weight, and oh, it was horrible. All along, there'd been a promise I could have been rejoicing the whole time, saying, hallelujah, you're going to pay it off. But I forgive you, son. I forgive you. There are promises he gives you. You need to know what they are. Believe for them. There are dreams and visions that God gives you. I could tell you a number of the dreams God gave me, but we don't have the time. And then there are, those are all words from the Lord, words from the Lord. Then there are specific promises God gives you through desires he plants in your heart. And you bring those desires to the Lord in prayer and God begins to reaffirm to you that he wants to fulfill it. This happened for David. David had a desire. His desire was to build a temple for the Lord in Jerusalem. God said, great, I'm glad. But you're not going to build it. Your son will. The desire will be fulfilled through your son. Now, Keep in mind, God's a generational God. Sometimes the promises that He's given you is going to be fulfilled in the next generation. Your job is to be sure that generation aligns itself with the promises of God. God gave promises to Saul in his generation. The same promises He gave to David. He aborted them. He aborted them by his own actions. Listen to what Psalm 145, 19 says, he fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. Our job is to stay right in center with the will and purpose of God. And that brings me to what I believe is going to happen. I believe 2021 will be marked in your life as a year of fulfillment and will be the beginning of a decade of seeing dreams, visions, promises, desires, yearnings being fulfilled for God's people. I believe broken relationships will be healed. I believe people who you have prayed for will get saved. I believe that there'll be financial turnarounds, there will be People healed and many promises that you have on that tape are going to be fulfilled. You said, Pastor, how do you know that will happen? Well, when the Lord gave me this word, I said, Lord, I'm not going to preach this. You said, you said that? Yeah, I said, listen, I am not going to bring false hope to my people. This is a heavy word for me. You said, why did it take you so long? I'll tell you why it took me so long. It's because I needed to hear from God that this is his word for us. There were two things that happened. Two things that happened that uh, affected me deeply that this was the word of the Lord. The first was, as you know, I'm the chairman of the board of Family Life Center. So I'm fully aware of what God's doing there. Maud Cumming at the last prophetic conference, she's the director of Family Life Center, she got a word from the Lord through Jim Critcher. And Jim is a very effective prophet. And here's what he said. He said, you've been doing a lot with a little. Now the Lord will give you a lot to do a lot. That was in September. Between September and present, that word is becoming fulfilled. I can't tell you the amounts of money that have come in. It would would rearrange your brain. But can I just simply say to you that what what is about to come in to Family Life Center will double All of what came in last year, double it. This is not pie in the sky. This is happening. But the second thing that really affected me happened just this week, and that is why I'm preaching this message. I was walking down the aisle of the cathedral after the second. I think it was after the, I can't remember, first or second service. They all run together nowadays. And a brother in the church, I happened to be talking to him. He said, Pastor, I have really got a testimony. I said, great. He said, but it'll take a while for me to share it. I said, well, and, you know, sometimes when I'm greeting people, people are standing in line to see me, and that was the case Sunday. And so he saw the people that wanted to talk to me. So he said, can, 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 can I meet with you privately? I said, well, sure. And if we can't meet private, we can talk on the phone. Well, the next day, which was just Monday of this week, of this last week, he, uh, he happened to come by to the office because he had to deliver something, asked if I was available. And I always try to make time for people. People are our greatest uh, well, people are the people. People are the most important thing in the world, other than our relationship with God, because Jesus died for people. So be sure you understand that. So we sat down together, and he began to unfold a story. that's absolutely amazing. He shared with me. He's retired now, so he's you know he's a little younger than me, but he's retired, and he said, uh, Pastor. Nobody really knows this, but I was adopted when I was two days old. I don't know who my birth mother is or my birth father. I know nothing about that. I was adopted by a good family. They raised me well. I made a lot of mistakes in life, and, but I was so thankful the Lord redeemed me and saved me. and I've been serving the Lord And he said, uh, about 25 years ago, I had this yearning. I don't know where it came from or how it came. But I had this yearning to somehow meet my birth mother. And uh, I had no way of knowing how to even do it. He said, during those 25 years, I talked to my adopted parents, and I asked them, is it all right if you would allow me to try to find my birth mom? They said, go for it. Well, he didn't know where to start. He tried everything he could find. There was, no, there was nothing he could find. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And at times he would pray about it, bring it to the Lord. He said, Pastor, and he began to describe to me these incredible Things that began to happen just a few weeks ago. Incredible things. I don't have the time to tell you all of them, and if he ever determines to want to give his testimony publicly, he can do that and you can hear it all. But unusual things began to happen. He made, he found out he had a half brother and a half sister. It came about simply through a Random, you know, how you go through those uh, 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 tests where they find your relatives, you know, what do you call it? A ancestry kind of thing. And all of a sudden, he realized, wait a minute, he's, he's not the same race that he thought he was. And he also understood that there was other people that were, had the same DNA. He contacted... He found out he had a half-brother and a half-sister, and they, they, they were contacted. And on Monday, on, excuse me, on the 9th, 9th, that's last Friday, on the 9th, he talked to his 92-year-old birth mother. 92-year-old birth mother who lives in New York. There is no possible way in the natural that would have ever happened. 92 years old. It's almost as though God kept her alive for that one phone call. And him and his family are going to fly to New York to meet her personally and meet the family. It was this year, this year, the fulfillment of 25 Years. And he said when he talked to her on the phone after he hung up, he cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. It was as though God was healing something inside that had been there his whole life. When he shared that testimony this Monday, I said, you have just confirmed the message God wants me to give. To the people of Casey listen to me friend this is no little game this is real God wants to begin to do something in this year to fulfill things that we have yearned for and believed for for a long time Amen. but there's one more thing we've got to understand and hello if we don't understand this it'll never happen We have a part to play in the fulfilling of God's promises. We must believe and obey his word. You see, David inquired of the Lord and obeyed what the Lord told him. That's what got him to Hebron. That's what what happened throughout his life to prepare him for that miracle of becoming king he understood and worked toward the fulfilling of the purpose god had for him listen to me you don't get a promise just to make you feel good there's a purpose in every promise in psalm 57:2 it says i cry out to the lord, to god most high the god who fulfills his purpose for me psalm 138:8 the lord will fulfill his purpose for me your love endure, endure, endures forever. When God gives a promise and he fulfills it, there's a purpose for it. Don't miss the purpose. Think about how it's fulfilled in David's life. First thing David did when he became king of Israel, you'll notice it in the text right after what we read in chapter 5 of 2 Samuel. He marched on Jerusalem. Why did he do that? He was going to move his capital from where it was in the deep south there in Hebron to the very border of Judah near Benjamin to bring the capital more central for the fact that he would be uniting all of Israel. But there was another reason, probably even more important. That city had not fallen to Joshua. The Jebusites held that city. They had been holding it for generations. And David understood the purpose for why he was to be king. He was to spread the boundaries of Israel and fulfill the mandate Moses gave to Joshua to defeat those in Canaan's land. They were still there, many of them. The Jebusites were one. He defeated them. And then you'll notice the moment he defeated them, the Philistines attack him. They're trying to knock him out before he becomes strong. And remember the story how David prayed. And uh, it's the whole story of Baal, Perazim, the breakthrough, and how he defeated him once. uh, David defeated the Philistines and then they came back at him, and he inquired of the Lord, what do you want me to do? And God said, stand over there by the balsam trees. And, and here's the way you do it. When you hear the marching in the balsam trees, there was nobody there. Those were the armies of the Lord, the angelic beings that began to make sounds. They said, now then, that's what you do, and you do it this way. Boom, you come around this way and do this. He did exactly that. He defeated him. Now, you don't understand. But when David did that, the Philistine army began to be lessened in its authority. And by the time David was over, the Philistines weren't a problem during his reign. He not only defeated them, he defeated others. He pushed the boundaries of Israel. He did what had been promised by God that needed to be done, but it was David who did it. The judges didn't do it. Joshua didn't do it. The tribes of Israel didn't do it. David did it. He was raised to be king, a warrior king, for a purpose. We have been raised as KC, we're weird. We're strange, we're constantly pushing the envelope. We're constantly saying, hey, pray, give, serve. Oh, no, no, I just wanna just sit here and look dumb. You can do that somewhere else. You're here, come on, let's go do something together. Does that make sense to you? Yes. God has to have somebody he can trust to expand his territory. Thirdly, we need to understand that all promises God fulfills is in line is in our lives for God's glory. In other words, the promises aren't for us to feel good. It's for God to be glorified so that others will know him and live for him. Psalm One Hundred Nineteen Thirty-Eight says, Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. You may be known. You may be held in awe. Fourthly, David yearned to live in the presence of God, and he brought the ark to where he was in Jerusalem. We must seek to stay in God's presence. All of these were things that David did in order to continue to see the fulfilling of God's promises. That's why, and part of staying in the presence of God is just when you're in his presence, you realize how good he is, how awesome he is. And promises like that in Jeremiah 29, 11 that I hear so many people say become real to us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That promise comes as you bask in the goodness and the wonder and the grace of God. And you cannot do that unless you get into his presence. That's why you're in church today. That's why you came to connect with the presence of the Lord. And His presence isn't only gonna be here, but it's gonna be this week as you pray and seek Him. You're in your car driving and you're praying in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you.
0: You gotta live in His presence.
1: That's why David brought the ark to Jerusalem. Think about it for just a moment, is what you're doing Is what you're doing a good purpose? Is what you want God to have fulfilled in your life a good purpose? Is the fulfilling of God's will what you desire? And are you willing to take acts of faith? You say, Pastor, why are you asking that to me? Because here's how Paul prayed. He prayed it for the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 1.11. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that God will count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. Listen to me. The fulfilling of God's promise is dependent on some things. One is... Is what you're believing for his good purpose? And are you willing to take a step of faith? Because he said, Paul prays that every good purpose would be fulfilled. And he prays that we would have the power of God and that every act prompted by our faith would be fulfilled. Oh, 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 I love that. It's a word for KC because we've taken lots of steps of faith, and I pray this. Years ago, I did a series on praying with the Apostle Paul. I'm thinking about doing it again because it was profoundly affected my life. You are entering a season of fulfillment. It's going to be one of the greatest seasons of your life. But are you ready for it? What's the Holy Ghost doing in you to prepare you? Are you clear about some of the things that may need to take place in your heart and in your mind in order for God to fulfill it? Have you been seeking him? Lord, what do you have me do? Where's your act of faith? What, what, What are you believing for? And what acts of faith are you taking? So I was preparing this message and it's been being prepared for a long time. Couldn't preach it until God confirmed it. But we're gonna do something today and it's that important. I want the ushers to come. Where are the ushers? Did you get ushers for me? Come here, usher. Usher's come. I want you to hand everybody an envelope, please. Everyone an envelope. I want those of you that are watching in every place. Ushers, stand to your feet, give everybody an envelope. Don't miss a single person, please. Everybody gets one. Whether you want it or not, you get one. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do with that envelope. Listen to me. This is serious. You say, why are you doing this? Because the Lord reminded me that so often in the Old Testament, if somebody had a desire for God to intervene for them, they would always give an offering. Always. It was was an act of faith. I'm gonna get my envelope and I'm gonna fill it out full. We do this a number of times during the year. Don't ever, ever, ever minimize what's about to happen. Now listen to me. I'm gonna ask you to put a gift in that envelope as a declaration, I believe, but I don't want you to put the gift there until you've written on the envelope what you're believing God for, what you believe God's gonna fulfill for you. I can't believe for anything. Well, then tear up the envelope and throw it away because you ain't going to get nothing. Well, it seems impossible. God likes impossible. I want you to write it down. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to give him the offering today. And then next Sunday, if you say, well, Pastor, I didn't bring. I I feel like I want to give $1,000, but I don't have $1,000 on me today. Well, you can get it together this week and bring it next Sunday. But what we're going to do is it's going to be our act of faith. And it's, only, it's not just going to give money. Listen to me. We're going to give our heart to say, God, position me so that your purposes can be advanced in this time in history through me. And I don't know what that all means for you. But I know one thing. Get ready for a fulfillment of what God has for you. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, I pray over this offering. Pray your grace will cover us. I pray, God, you will move in power and in might as people make out their envelopes, as people begin to put their offering in, as people begin to think about, Lord, what is it that I'm believing you for? And and even those who may not be able to put it in this week have come with an envelope ready to give. But Lord, I begin to pray even now for every person under the sound of my voice worldwide that KC, will have a year of fulfillment in spite of COVID, in spite of the handicaps, in spite of what the devil's doing. You will give us the fulfillment of those things you put in our hearts for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Lord. I give you glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ushers just begin to receive the offering. And as they do, we're going to worship the Lord for a moment. Stand to your feet. And I know that you have a worship team there, but we're just going to sing one song. And we're going to worship God. So lift your voice. Come on. Would you stand with me? Come on, everyone. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. my
0: you have been faithful.
1: Come on. Would you sing it? And all my, all my life, life, You have, have been, been so,
0: so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, come on, sing it, everyone! Lift your all voice, all oh, wide. And, and all, all my, my life, life, You have been faithful. And, and all my Thank
1: you for all the times he's fulfilled the promises in your life what he's done things you never dreamed could happen God did for you Lord I thank you for all the promises you have fulfilled all these years all the promises you've fulfilled here at KC Lord I thank you for every congregation every leader every person you've brought into this house you've transformed By your mighty power, I thank you. I praise you, God, that you are raising up even another generation to carry on your promises as you did with David and Solomon. You're doing mighty things. Lord, you've opened a door for us to see with our eyes fulfillments that will begin to happen this year in great measure and continue on for this day. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Make us worthy to receive those fulfillments. Position us as you did, David, to fulfill, to see fulfilled your promise that you gave him as a 10-year-old. Lord, I ask for that. With every head bowed, everyone pray. I don't want anyone to leave today without knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. He is the fulfillment of all God's promises. Why would you want to live your life without him? It's in him there's life. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why would you not receive him? And the moment you receive God's promise for all of us is the beginning of seeing the promises he has specifically for you. If you're here today saying, Pastor, I don't know the Lord like I should, or I've never met the Lord, or maybe I once knew the Lord, but I drifted away, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm going to ask you, to when I count to three, just to slip your hand up right in the air, right where you are. Ready? One, two, three, quickly. I want everyone to join me now. Lift your hands with me, and I want you to pray this prayer. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to pray this prayer right out loud with me. Everyone, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins wash me and cleanse me make me brand new for you died for me on the cross so I could be forgiven and you rose again so I could have eternal life Jesus come into my life now be my Lord my Savior, my King Lord fulfill your promises through me Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. Amen and amen. Would you give praise to Jesus as one Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.